This is The Table Business, a Sounds Like Adventure podcast all about people doing great work in the tabletop world. On this show, we're going to speak to the independent creators who make the games that you and I love. I'm your host and the DM of Sounds Like Adventure, Jack Trainer. And we're back. It's another episode of The Table Business. Hey, it's me, Jack. How you going? Thanks for joining us again, and I'm so glad you have, because my gosh, what an episode I have for you today. Today, I'm joined by Rachel from RP Jesters. They're an actual play podcast, and they have been making some extremely cool content. And they do the really cool thing of actually trying out lots of different systems on their show. It's not all D&D over there. In today's chat, Rachel will tell you all about RP Jesters and why you should check it out. And we'll also cover some of the existential challenges that are involved with being a creator in this whole world of tabletop. We'll talk about things like the overall effort required to produce a podcast, how you deal with that feeling of competitiveness when you see other people's content, and why it's important to have a mindset of abundance when you're a content creator in this space. All right, with all that in mind, let's get into it. Rachel, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. So, to start things out, you've got quite a resume. You're an actress, you're main cast for RP Jesters, you're a Twitch streamer. So, I guess just in a few sentences to start things off, tell us a little bit about yourself. Right now, I am a full-time entertainer. My main career is acting. Before that, uh, I went to school for film production. So, I studied film. I fell into production designing which for those who don't know is like set design, costume design, makeup, that kind of the whole visual aesthetic of films. And I did that for a bunch of years, but ultimately I've always been a performer. So uh, in the last couple of years, I've been trying to slowly shift myself uh, more in that direction. And yeah, that's, that's, that's what I am. I'm a clown. I like, I like to make people laugh. I like to entertain people. So that's me. (laughs) And I always like to know how people sort of found their way getting into the tabletop world. So what's your origin story? How did it start for you? Yeah, so I started, um, (laughs) I actually have a kind of interesting story with how I got started because um, I knew about Dungeons and Dragons and tabletop role-playing games um, for, you know, most of my life, but I never had... um, a group of friends that I guess knew how to play because now all of my friends like playing these games, but at the time, like in high school, whatnot, didn't know. But when I got into college, um, I joined our college's Quidditch team. So you were super cool is what you were saying. (laughs) Always 100% super cool. Yeah. Okay. So uh, let's just slow down a little bit now. Yeah. What the hell? You, you were playing Quidditch? Quidditch, yes, yes. Um, how do you, how do you, as a non-magical person, I assume you're non-magical, um, how, how are you able to play Quidditch? Quick to assume I'm non-magical, but um, <laughs> I'm magic in different ways. I, I did play Muggle Quidditch, um, which is, uh, <laughs> it's, it's like the Harry Potter game. It is a full contact, no padding co-ed sport. It's been compared to rugby. Um, it's been <laughs> compared to soccer in a way. It's been compared to uh, American football. Um, it's kind of a whole mess of sports. Um, 
But uh, I was a chaser, which is uh, try to get the quaffle through the hoop. There's a snitch, which is just a guy with a tennis ball and a sock that runs around. And there are the seekers that have to try and chase him down and pull it from his shorts, I guess, which is a weird way of saying that. <laughs> I was very... Um, nerd-centric my entire <laughs> life, <laughs> um, including Quidditch, including this moment when I started playing Dungeons and Dragons because uh, people on my Quidditch team were like, oh, uh, this one person, my first DM, Zach Smith, was like, I play D&D. I'm looking for a group. Let's get people together. Um, with another friend of mine whose name is Dawn and we kind of ended up with a group. And actually in that first group um, is my co-producer on the podcast, Casey. He did not play Quidditch, but he was in this in my first uh, D&D game to kind of pull it back to that original question. <laughs> <laughs> so my Quidditch group got me into Dungeons and Dragons and all of that. <laughs> wow. I think that is literally the only time anyone is ever going to say that on this show. So... Congrats. 100%. A unique story. Absolutely. <laughs> so tell me about RP Jesters. So yeah, RP Jesters, it is an actual play, tabletop role-playing game podcast. And we actually started, um, Casey and I were doing a Twitch D&D game on my Twitch channel for a number of years, I think about three years. And as that kind of wound down, Casey came to me and said, why don't we try doing a podcast? And we wanted to, we wanted to explore other RPGs. Um, we wanted to tell stories. Um, we're both actors um, and we wanted to perform. So it was kind of an outlet for that. Also, I think both of us were kind of, um, we were still in that, that, you know, gateway area of Dungeons and Dragons. Like we hadn't really tried a bunch of systems, but I can mostly speak for myself. I don't know if Casey's tried other things yet, but um, for me, I, I hadn't tried a bunch of things. So I wanted to explore more. And that was kind of where RP Jesters came to be because much like, you know, myself, uh, I wasn't exposed to other systems. And I think, you know, we wanted to be able to, to learn about them and then teach about them at the same time um, while having fun. So that's kind of where the podcast came to be. And what are you playing at the moment? You said that you're focused on different uh, different systems other than D&D. So what's, what's the current campaign that you're doing? So Midnight Gravity is um, our Vampire the Masquerade V5 game. It is a story of a coterie of vampires. They live in Seattle in 2027 in the near future. And it is about them trying to uncover this mystery about this oculus and no one really knows what that is meanwhile there are things going on with a political vacuum that happens over here and they're all just trying to figure out what's going on why they're involved and why they're so special i mean they're they're a coterie of misfits um so watching them all come together and deal with each other and all of their problems and learn to care for each other is uh it's a really fascinating story i think <laughs> It's interesting. You spoke before about sort of like the D&D gateway being as sort of like the entry point for tabletop games for a lot of people. So for those people, I guess, who are listening now who haven't sort of ventured out of the D&D world, talk a little bit about Vampire the Masquerade. Like why is it, why is it a cool system? What, what do you like about it? Well, for me, I mean, I think I've definitely transferred my, my love. Like currently it's my favorite system. Um, and I've only 
played a handful of systems at this point. So again, we will grow from here. Um, but about Vampire the Masquerade specifically, um, I have never been more satisfied with rolling a handful of dice. It is a uh, dice pool system, which means as you gain points in a skill, you gain more dice to roll, and then your success is based on how many successes in the dice pool you get, not what number it was plus whatever your modifier is. Personally, I've always struggled with the math <laughs> of, of Dungeons and Dragons and those kind of like um, additive based systems with numbers. That's one of the things that I really like about it. It's really simple in that sense. I actually, I first heard about Vampire the Masquerade. I was working at GameStop and my coworker was like, yeah, we just started this vampire game. And I'm like, what? I was a big Twilight kid. <laughs> um, And, you know, this idea about having, you know, vampires that that their whole thing is about masquerading amongst mortal society. I just I think that concept is really cool to play with. And you can get a lot of interesting stories out of it, too, especially coming from a very high fantasy setting. Moving to a modern era is really interesting. Going back to RP Jesters now. So if anyone is sort of their interest has been piqued by what you've described and they'd like to go and check you guys out, what's a good spot to sort of start uh, checking out? Like what's a good jumping on point for RP Jesters for new people? A good place to start is just episode one of Midnight Gravity. Um, That's our current story that's coming out. Um, We're working on it. That's what we're hyping. That's what the conversations are about right now. So that's a really good place to start. But episode one of any of our stories is is just a good place to to begin. Like I said, we did start with a D&D campaign. It was kind of a post-apocalyptic high fantasy thing. So we have a little bit of like technology in our D&D campaign. That's really cool. We played Scum and Villainy, which is a space opera type system. That one has a really good story that I love. The characters are good. It's also a shorter one too. The way that we run our podcast in general is we have these kind of like saga stories and then we'll do little short things in the middle of season or just in the middle. Um, Like we have a Christmas special that's like two episodes here and there. Um, So I always like to end these conversations with a couple of recurring questions. What's one thing that people don't realize about independent tabletop content creators like yourself? You know, that's a really good question. I guess I want to say like the effort we put in because we all look at bigger content creators. We all look at, you know, Dimension 20 and Critical Role, and we all want to be that. We all want to want to do that. And we try to match that quality the best we can with what we have. We're all learning and we all have the potential to get there, but just how much work we put into with like the mics we have to buy, the time we have to put into editing, you know, the team, you know, it, it takes a lot of effort. Um, and it's, and it's not easy. I was actually surprised by how many people said, um, that their podcast died. Like they just, they gave up on, on doing them. Um, and you know, for, for us, for our podcast, we've been doing it for almost three years now. Um, so for us that like, for me, at least when I heard that, I thought that was, that was so crazy, um, that the people just gave up. But I, it totally makes sense because the effort is is immense. It really is. I want to touch one more uh, on one other thing that you just said just then. You talked about how we see the quality of level of these other podcasts essentially out there where, there's, you know, we mentioned the critical roles, the Dimension 20s. How do you manage that, like, 
competitive energy and sense of like, I want to be making the best show and I want to be at the top and I see these other shows and they're out there and they're, you know, competing with me in the sense. How, how do you manage that? That's actually, that's a really good question for me, especially right now, because again, the podcast is, is that's like my main production right now. But outside of that, like I said, like I'm an actor, like I'm a full-time actor. And I think, you know, in any element of the entertainment industry, you're sitting there and you're like, why do I deserve to be here as much as anyone else? Like, what is it about me that makes me special? But that's exactly it. It's you that makes your story special, that makes you special. Like, there's no other group of people, there is no other person that's going to be able to tell a story the way you do or build a character the way you do or or say something the way you do, you know, even down just to, to the way you form sentences. So what you're putting out there, if you believe in it, sooner or later, an audience is going to form. It just depends on how much you believe in your capability of, of it being seen by someone. I'm very much a believer of like having your, your mental space in the right place because everything starts with you, right? Like as an entertainer, if, if, if you're sitting there going like, oh man, I, you know, no one's going to listen to this. Well, why would anyone listen to it? If you're like, you know what? I want people to listen to this. People will just because you put that out there. I, that's just what I believe. And, and that mindset has changed my life over the last couple of years. So I, I think it works. That's a really interesting response to my question. Um, because my question was about competitiveness. How do you manage competitiveness? And you didn't speak about competitiveness. You, you, you turned your, your, you cast your gaze inward to be like, how do I feel better about the things that I do essentially, which it comes into that, that idea of like comparison is the theft of joy, like that, that type of thing. Expand on that. I feel like also too, in entertainment or, or not even in entertainment, just in life in general, we all feel like we have to be better than the next person. But I feel like competition doesn't need to be bringing someone else down to bring yourself up. It can be recognizing the progress and the success in somebody else and working to create that in yourself. That's what I feel like competitiveness should be, is just standing tall on your own feet. That's at least that's 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 how I see it. And and, and I'm a big I'm actually a big like competitive person. Like I I like fighting and I like like I'm a gamer, right? Mm. Like not fighting fighting, but you know. <laughs> Punch out after the show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um but I like I like, you know, I I like the nature of of competition. Yeah. Yeah. I like trying to succeed. But you don't need to put yourself down because someone else is doing better. And likewise, you don't need to put someone else down because you're doing better. Like we're all in this together. We're, we're all in this. If you if you build up the people around you, you're only going to stand taller for it, you know? Absolutely. I think it's so tempting as well to be when, when you're a content creator and you see someone who creates similar content to you for your instant first knee-jerk reaction to be like, is this better or worse than my content? Yeah. And you're going to make a very uh, biased choice. You're not going to make a, a objective choice. And if you choose my content is better than this, then it's like mm -hmm. that doesn't feel like a big win when you make that choice. It, quite often you're like, oh, my content's better. I'm never going to think about that show ever again for the rest of my life. Or you think 
no, my content's worse. And then you just feel horrible. Like there's just no, there's no winning in this type of thing. Exactly. So if you enter this with like a mindset of abundance in terms of there's room for everybody, everybody rises together, then you start to see the joy in all other people's shows. That's the way it works for me anyway. Would you agree? Yeah, 100%. And that's something that... That's something that I noticed, I mean, in in this community, in in honestly, that's how I feel like we came together because we're both looking at each other like, look at this podcast, like let's see how we can work and grow together. Um, and I think that's really important. One thing I'm noticing too is is everyone's kind of coming together and being like, No, I don't have to compete with this person. Like I can help them succeed and then that will help me succeed. We're all growing together. You know, I'm saying the same thing over again, but I I, I really mean it. That's how you know you're passionate about it. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And yeah, the the thing I find with that I love so much with this community is like, we just all love tabletop games and that just like, that that papers over so much because we're all like, yeah, let's jump in. And as long as like, you're a nice person and you tend to have like, you believe certain things about other people have having their rights and so on and so forth, then you kind of get along with everyone and it's all it's all good to go. Yes. I think we could talk about this subject forever. So I'm gonna stop us. <laughs> I'm gonna stop us from doing it. Um, so second recurring question for you. Uh, take me back to your first ever character in a tabletop game. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> not not Avalon, no. <laughs> oh goodness. Okay, so again, this is the Quidditch game. <laughs> Um, my first character. Oh gosh, please don't judge me too hard. I was so young. <laughs> um, my first character was Avalon. She was a <laughs> budding young 100-year-old elven sorcerer. Nice. Yeah, young. <laughs> this is why I thank Zach for being an amazing DM. Because I was like, or, or what if she's from a community that doesn't like accept magic? <laughs> and Anybody, you know, who knows elves knows that they are proficient in magic. (laughs) And he looked at me and said, yeah, that's not really how that works, but sure. So I happened to come from the only group of elves in this entire homebrew world that, like, did not like magic. And I was a, a unique person who left the village and became a sorcerer. It's really embarrassing when I think about it now, but you know, that was that was my first endeavor into creating someone. And I think I think at the time, I think, you know, all of our characters are a reflection of ourselves. I think at that point I really wanted to to become something special. So that was where I did it <laughs> in this very weird, obscure way. <laughs> <laughs> no, we all have to start somewhere. Yep, we sure do. And then final question. When you look back to your time spent around the table over the years, do you have a favorite story, a favorite memory? This is actually from the same game. And it's the one that I always think about a lot. And something that taught me in the few cases that I've had the opportunity to GM that it is okay to do whatever you want. So basically, my party, uh, we decided to have a drinking night. We weren't drinking. Our characters were. And they went to this multi-dimensional bar where we were allowed to just kind of do whatever we want. It was like each door opened to a new space that was described as a new scene in a different plane. And there were different things going on and drinks with magical effects and whatever. 
the, the moment that I always remember was that Avalon had turned into either like a demon or a devil. And then another character had turned into the other. So we were a demon and a devil. And we started picking people up because also our alignment changed from the strength. We started picking people up and throwing them off this cliff into lava. And then a volcano exploded. And another one of my uh, party members, who is Sky, who is also an RP Jester's, um, shot out of the volcano on a shark. And I don't really remember the rest of what happened. That is a, an image that will just have been burned into my mind forever. <laughs> that was just, you know, because anything can happen. Who cares about the rules? Go to a multidimensional bar. Have fun. Shoot yourself out of a volcano. <laughs> Why not? Why not? Ride a shark. <laughs> yeah, out of a volcano. Rachel, thanks for joining me on the show today. If anyone's interested in finding out more, uh, where can they find you? You can find me at Rachel Cordell um, on Instagram, on Facebook, on most of the socials. Um, I am Majora's Rose also on most platforms, but specifically Twitch. And then, of course, RP Jesters. You can find us wherever podcasts are heard. And you can also find us on Instagram and YouTube, TikTok and the like. Thanks so much for joining us on the show. Thank you so much for having me. This has been such a good time. You've been listening to The Table Business, a Sounds Like Adventure podcast all about people doing great work in the tabletop world. If you'd like to know more about anything we spoke about today, all the links for all the people that we spoke to are available in the show notes. Or head over to soundslike underscore pod on Instagram and we'll definitely be talking about them there. And if you liked what you heard, why not check out Sounds Like Adventure? That's our main show. It's an actual play podcast with fun role play, short run times and great sound design. But to make sure you don't miss the next episode of The Table Business, make sure you subscribe to or follow the show in your podcast app. And a five-star review really, really helps to get a few more people to see the show. And we here at Sounds Like Adventure, we would be so grateful if you took the time to do that. All right, with all that in mind, we'll catch you for the next episode of The Table Business. <laughs>